Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I'm your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. John, thank you for being such an amazing host. I just want to <laughs> praise your name. Uh-oh, you're, you're making doing fun of me now. So, you know, you, we came in a little somber, so I want to make sure you're uplifted and feeling good today, oh, man. Oh, man, no, yeah. it's just, man, we got a whole lot of stuff going on Were in the world of in just a guy the, in the pew. <laughs> the Blessed Sacrament and really, like, connected and, and like, in the Mind Palace? No, you're, man. you rebuilding really well? I wish, man, yeah. I wish. No, it's just been, man, a lot of stuff going on, you know. We got the I, construction yep. for, the, for everything and... Keep finding some issues with our house. It's like every other day. It's like, right. hey, by the way, this is broken. Or, oh, by the way, As you're going to have to say, re-plywood your whole house. When you or, open a wall, you're going to find <laughs> something you don't want to know about. Yeah, right? that is that is uh, ringing true. And almost yeah. every every time my foreman calls, I'm like, I'm getting to where I don't want to answer the phone. <laughs> That's right. He, but, he has your checking account now, so right. it's too late. No, they're yeah. doing a good job, but there, right. are, there are some things in the home. And so there's that, and there's some other issues we're going through, but growing pains and you know that's that happens when when the ministry is on the uptick right you're trying to yes figure out how to you know to hire people and things like that so we're in a good spot um just a lot a lot on my mind right now mm-hmm. um and going through lent you know and and so you know on my lenten journeys every year i really try to dig deep and see what the lord wants uh, me to address and in fact that's what we're going to talk about a little bit today is some of that uh before we get started with all that though i want to just remind everybody again that we are getting closer every day to getting the studio ready. They were putting in the windows. Uh, they got a door to it now, and they're going to be bricking so everything up. the studio and, will be done, but the house will still be working on it. Right, right? So yeah. Saying, okay. The other parts of the house where they found <laughs> issues are another yeah. story, but the studio will be up and functional. Yeah. But uh, we're getting that time where we're starting to order equipment. I ordered some stuff today. Just three things was $1,000. And so I'm really just right now in this moment asking all you guys out there, you know, the, all you fans have just got on the pew of the podcast, of the narrow road, of the talks we've given, anything that we've ever done, if, if you found a blessing in it, Right now, we're trying to take this thing to the next level, right? We want to be able to put out more content. We want to add video to the podcast. We want to be able to take live Q&As and and really grow our YouTube channel and all of it so that we can go out there and continue to bring men to the Lord. And so, you know, I'm asking you with my heart in my hands, if if you've been helped by this at all, please consider giving to this because it's going to be, you know, I I was looking at the stuff again today. It's twenty to $23,000 worth of stuff. And, you know, we need to be able to raise that money to get the stuff in as soon as possible because we have great plans. And so, you know, like I said, if we've helped you at all, consider giving to us, you know, consider helping out with that, with that because you're not just helping us build a studio. You're going to help many, many other men come to the realization that they're worth worthy of God's love, that they are able to change their life, that they can be the husbands and fathers and brothers and sons they're called to be. That's our mission is to go out there and do that, whether we're doing it during the podcast or through the talks we're giving, or the retreats, or the missions, all of that. But you're going to help make that and continue to make that possible at another level, at a higher level than we've ever been able to do before by supporting us and giving towards the studio. So you can do that at donorbox.org slash pew, um, or you can you can write a check and send it into Pew Ministries. Uh, you can look on our website and find the address for that. But, you know, look, any amount helps, whether it's five bucks, a dollar, a thousand dollars, five thousand dollars, whatever it is. You know, it all helps. So again, just hat in my hand. I don't like asking for money, but you know what? We need it to be able to go to the next place the Lord is calling us to. 
Um, so again, you can give if you feel led to at donorbox.org/pew, uh, and and go there and be able to give whatever it is that you think you might want to give. So thank you for that ahead of time. For those of you that have already done it, because we've already raised four thousand um, dollars, and for those of you that are considering it and will do that, thank you as well. Um, I mentioned uh, last week a little bit about the parish missions again. I just want to hit that again. We are booking up through the end of the year. We've got three more calls over the uh, end of last week to go towards the fall. So if you're considering this and you want to build a men's group in your parish and you want guys to be on fire for the Lord, if you're a pastor or or a deacon or, or a, you know, a DRE or somebody that's listening to this and you want this in your parish, then reach out to us. You know, Go to our page, go to Book Me, click uh, the submit form and fill out what you're looking for. We can come there and do the restored parish mission, which is, is working in so many parishes to help uh, inspire the people of the parish, the men and the women. But then we spend that time training the leaders there to really lead other men and help you build a place where guys can come, leave the mask at the door, be vulnerable, be authentic, and start working on becoming the men that Christ calls them to be together. So all of that you can find on the website as well. One last thing for guys out there, we, we've got the narrow road going. We're in a, it's, it's a year this month that we've been doing these monthly journals mm-hmm. uh, with a different virtue every month. So guys are using them in the men's groups that we're starting, uh, but they're also doing these individually. And if you're a guy that wants to try the narrow road, if you think it might be able you know, be for you, if you're trying to live virtue in your life and get rid of vice, then you can go to our website again and go to the narrow road. It's 50% off your first month, and we'll send these straight to your door at the beginning of every month. They will help you become a better man if you stick with it and you do the things that are asked of you to do in there. So that's everything I got as far as all the announcements and everything. And Victor, I'm I'm excited to get back in here. You know, we've we've had a couple of episodes about Lent here during Lent, and mm-hmm. uh, the you know we had one called the One Thing, you know, which where we talked about you know, the Lord wants the one thing in our life that we don't want to give Him, and then we talked later on about the heart of a slave. You know how in the Old Testament. Uh, during that exodus and that continued journey of the of the Israelites to find the promised land and to come into the promised land, they found themselves constantly wanting to go back to slavery. And we talked about how we find that in our own hearts. And you know, after those episodes, I I was really thinking a lot about my own personal Lent. And and uh, you know, as I went into Lent this season, I didn't really know what I was going to do. You know, I had the regular things come up. Well, I'll give up alcohol. I'll give up this. I'll you know, I'll fast three days a week, or I'll you know, these different things. And it just, nothing seemed to be right to me. And I kind of thought like I'm going into Lent without anything, you know, sort of unprepared. And, and you know, the thing about the show, Victor, that I think people have always enjoyed about it is just the, the rawness of it, the, the vulnerability, the authenticity of it. You know, we share, we're not afraid to share the things going on in our life. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want to do today because, you know, right as Lent started, um, I really felt, man, like, like the Lord had something in store for me. Uh, that's maybe why I couldn't find something on my own. He had something for me. And, you know, I just want to tell a story today. And the show is going to be about wounds. In fact, it's called Facing Our Wounds. Uh, we've mentioned wounds a lot in podcasts, but we've never, never really, you know, dove into any of them or talked about them in great detail. Mm-hmm. We've just mentioned wounds in passing. Well, you know, I was headed up to a parish mission a couple of weeks ago. And uh, along the way, I-, I called my father. And I've mentioned on here before that I love my father. And I want to say that right now. I love my father. He's a good man, and he did the best he could, you know, all his life. It still does for us. Um, but my father had flaws, right? He had wounds just like all of us. And, you know, from a young age, I always felt like I wasn't ever good enough for my father. You know, that there was nothing I could do to please him. There was nothing I could do to gain his approval. Um, you know, no matter what I did, it was never enough. 
Uh, didn't get a lot of I love yous. Didn't get a lot of I'm proud of yous. And I'm not trying to whine here and seem like I'm a, you know, like I'm a, a diva or something. Mm-hmm. But it's we all know that as a young man, we want the approval of our father, right? Like he's our hero growing up. He's this mountain of a man that we want to be like, and we want sure. to impress and have his love. The and, model of behavior that we choose to be. Sure, yeah. sure. And, you know, there's just a lot of times in my life where I, I've noticed that I feel like I'm never good enough, mm-hmm. right? And, and I just, I haven't put my finger on that before. Like I always thought, like I knew I had a father wound, a little bit of one, but I, I thought, well, I forgave him. You know, I realized that he did the best he could, and that's it. Like I just... I move on, but Victor, I got to tell you, like, that's not the case. You know, oftentimes when I go down to the farm and, and my sister and my brother-in-law are there, anybody else is really there. My my dad is quick to to praise them for what they're doing and, oh, you should see them do this or you should see them do that. And, and I always feel something like within me go, like this jealousy kind of spring up. And I never knew where that was coming from. Um, all I knew is that I, it made me very angry with other people that were receiving his praise. Well, I was on the way to this this mission and, uh, you know, I told my father that I wanted to do something in our farm. He had a couple trees laid down. We call them widow makers where they're kind of hanging over this pass that you're going to go under. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, my grandfather and my dad and I, when I was little, we went and cut wood a lot together. Some of my favorite memories, you know, just going out in the woods with my dad and my grandpa and splitting wood all day and just felt like I was one of the men. And even though I was probably only like 10 or 12 a lot of the times, well, we haven't done that in years. And, you know, now I have a son that's 12, Jacob, and... So I told my dad a few months ago when I was down there, I said, look, next time I'm down here, I want to go cut those trees. And, and it wasn't about splitting the wood for fire. It was just about, like, I want to go do that and give Jacob this opportunity to, to do that with my father. So I told my dad that, and he said, yeah, okay, well, it's fine, whatever. Well, my, brother, uh, my brother-in-law and my sister went down there in between the times that I, I haven't been able to go because I've been out of town. And I called my dad on the way to this, this, this mission and just said, hey, you know, I'm coming down next week and we'll get those trees cut. And he said, oh, well, your brother-in-law already did it and, and, and Amy. I said, okay. Uh, Dad, I told you I wanted to do that with you. He goes, oh, me and, and your brother-in-law and my son and my other grandson, uh, we did it, right? Like, we did it. We went out there and we cut the wood. And, man, we had a great time and all this stuff. And so literally, like, here's my father. I told him I wanted to do mm-hmm. something with him and there were memories involved. And this is why. And I wanted to pass this along to my son and have the same memories for him that I did with my grandfather and father. And not only did he sort of ignore that, then he turned around and he basically said, oh, by the way, I did it with your brother-in-law and my grandson. And then he proceeded to tell me the great time he had. Well, I got really upset about that. You know, I got off the phone pretty quickly, told him, you know, dad, I don't really appreciate that. He didn't get it. Kind of got off the phone. You know, he, he's never been great at expressing emotions unless Mm -hmm. he's angry or something. And, uh, I made a mistake of calling my sister and getting upset with her and saying, why did you do that? You knew I wanted to do that. You took this away from me. Just very, just the reaction I had to this wound. Of course, at the time, I didn't realize it was a wound. Well, my sister's a psychologist. And she starts telling me, like, John, this is not our problem. Like, right. what our relationship with that is not your business. It, it's ours. And what you have is a problem with dad and you that you've never dealt with. And it made me mad, right? That even made me madder. I'm like, don't put that psycho stuff on me, you know, mm-hmm. da, 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 you know, that psychology stuff on me, da, 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 and hung up. And, you know, we both were angry getting off the phone. Well, I started to think about it because I had another two hours drive, you know, and, and I started to go, man, she's right. Like, she's right. Like, they, there's, it isn't her fault. It isn't Brad's fault. They're just being good people and helping my father. This is, this goes deeper than that. Right. And so, man, I, I really felt this like pit in my stomach. Like I wanted to pull over and vomit. Like I started thinking about all these things and 
where does this come from? And then I kept hearing this, like, I'm just not good enough. I'm never going to be good enough. Like, it's not good enough for me to want to go do this. It's got to be somebody else that goes and does this with. So I started thinking more and more about stuff. And it took me back into some memories in my life. And, you know, Victor, there's this one that I can remember. You know, I loved playing basketball growing up. My dad played ball. He was really, really good. Um, and so he kind of lived vicariously through me playing. And uh, I had one of the best games of my life. You know, I was in ninth grade, had like 30-something points, uh, didn't miss any shots except for one free throw. Well, my dad used to come from work all the time, and he would be in his truck, and, and, and he'd come there, he'd come to the game, he'd watch it, and then he'd make me ride home with him. Like even if my mom was there to drive home and he was going to go back to work, he still drove me home, and I had to ride back with him. It was usually the time he chose to tell me everything I did wrong. Sure. So I was so used to all these truck rides. Like, right, I never could do the right thing. It was never good enough. It was always pointing out what I did wrong instead of what I could be doing or what I did do well. So this one game, I'm like, this is it, right? I can remember the way I looked, the way I felt. Like I'm walking that truck, you know, walking with a stride, and here it comes. I'm going to be told finally, like, just how awesome of a game I had. Well, I get in the truck, and the first thing he says is, he looks over at me and goes, you know, if you'd gotten your hair cut earlier in the week and hadn't messed with your hair before you shot that free throw, you wouldn't have missed that damn free throw. That's what he said to me. Mm-hmm. I was crushed, man. I was crushed. Like, I was sitting there thinking, this is the moment. Like, have you ever seen that the cover of that movie, The 40-Year-Old Virgin with Steve Carell, when he's got that huge smile on his face? Right, yeah. That's how I looked in the truck, like looking at my father, like waiting on that, that I was been waiting on my whole life. And to, to hear that, like... I was crushed, man. Like I was crushed. I in that moment, I remember thinking, like, there's never going to be enough. I'll never be enough. There's nothing I'll ever be able to do that's going to be good enough for him. And there was a lot of despair. And so through this wound, like I, I was taken back to that, and didn't realize how deep it went. And it start. I started to look around at like, man, when people say things negative about my children, I get up in arms. It's because that I'm never going to be good enough. They're never going to be good enough. It's passing along to them in my mind. You know, um, triggered by I get triggered by praise of other people sometimes, right? Where I'm like, okay, they're the great, but I'll never be as good as them. All of that stuff, and I realized that it went back to this wound with my father, and one that I thought I'd healed, but I hadn't. And and Victor, it's just this is where the Lord is taking me during this Lent. Is like he he's trying to show me, look, this is going to be painful and this hurts. And mm-hmm. Victor, I spent man, I spent a lot of time in tears over the last few weeks. I'm not going to lie about it, right. man. It was. It was very difficult, and and, and I, my sister and I didn't talk for a couple of weeks, and finally when I got back on the phone with her, like we had probably the greatest conversation we ever had. We were both in tears, and she didn't realize like how wounded I'd been by dad. Mm-hmm. Like there was other times when I was younger. I remember in the fourth grade, I was never good at math. He was an accountant. He was sitting in front of the TV watching a basketball game, and I walked up and asked him to help me with something, and he kind of barely looked over and scribbled and said, this is how you do it, da-da-da-da-da. was so fast. You know, I didn't get it, and I went back in the kitchen and didn't understand it, was afraid to go ask again, and finally got the gumption up to go in there, made sure it was on a commercial, and stuck it in, you know, in front of him and said, Dad, could you show me again? I didn't understand it. And I remember him saying, like, what are you on drugs? I was in fourth grade. Right. <laughs> yeah, I was in fourth grade, and it told me in that moment, like, this basketball game is more important than I am, mm-hmm. right? Like, I need his help. And, and again, I love my father, and he's a good man, but he, he didn't have a lot when he was a kid. His parents didn't show him that sort of love, and he didn't know how to give it. And as we talked about in the episode last week, like when we don't fight these battles and we don't deal with the wounds in our lives, we pass them on. And so my father's wounds become mine. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not careful, they become Jacob's or they become Caitlin's or Allison's. And 
And so the Lord has shown me this length, like there's a deep wound there that he wants to help me with. And I'm sharing this today because I'm hoping that there's other people out there, whether it's a wound by a father or a sexual wound or, or other things that may have happened to you out there that, that the Lord wants to come into those. And, and so this length, like instead of giving up chocolate or giving up alcohol, I'm, man, I'm just bearing my soul to the Lord and mm-hmm. saying like, he's showing me this is something that's always going to be a hindrance to you. Like this is the root of behaviors that you need to clean up in your life, right? And and the only way that you're going to be able to do that is if you if you open up your heart, if you let me touch this. Mm-hmm. But you know how we are around our wounds? Like we don't want anybody to touch them. It's it's like literally pouring salt in a wound. So we build up these these barriers and these walls around these things and we don't ever do anything with them. You know, we just protect them and we become hardened. And it's like Sister Miriam said on something I was watching, she's like, we it's like a hole or, or a wound in our hand and we close our hand up into a fist to protect it. But the Lord wants to come in and like one finger at a time, start opening up your hand and each one of those fingers, it hurts because you're going into a place of deep woundedness. But in the end, he's opening up so that you can be healed. Again, you know, we talk about being vulnerable and that's what I'm being here. But that the the root word of that of, of, of vulnerability, the Latin root of that is vulnus, which means wound. And it means, you know, to become vulnerable means to open up that wound. And so that's what we have to do in our lives. And that's what I've been trying to do this Lent with, with, with Jesus right. taking me in a place that I had no idea I needed to go, nor did I want to go. Well, the thing about conversion and especially Lent is the, the great awakening, a reawakening of the soul and the connection of, of ourselves to our, our, our creator. And so kind of what you're doing is what you just described is kind of like the autopsy of the soul. You know, yeah. bearing forth the wounds that we probably, one, we knew we had but didn't want to talk about it, or two, things we, we never identified and we're finding that it triggers a lot of our behaviors. And and when we finally kind of give up that self-control of drive of our life of what we think we need to go, and we finally find ourselves, you know, again, in struggles and arguments and frustrations and relationships, we realize that a lot of those things are things we've carried with us sure. along our way in our life. And it continues to disrupt things. We have no idea why it keeps doing that. Right. And God tries to kind of come into you and say, listen to me, you know, let's sit down and discuss this and I will show you what my love is all about. And that way you can replace the pain and hurt and anger that you've carried and we can, you know, dissolve that. Well, that that's exactly right. And, and we can think, you know, that almost like we're being punished. We're like, God, why are you, why are you taking me here? Like mm-hmm. I moved past that. Like I moved past it. But what he's saying is like, no, you really haven't. You've put up facades, you've built walls, you're protecting something. But when you're protecting that part of your heart, you're you're also keeping me out of that part of your heart, right? And Jesus isn't trying to punish us or, or to cause us pain by going into those places of our woundnesses. He's, he's trying to heal us, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, and he's trying to, like St. Augustine says, you know, he says, in my deepest wound, I saw your glory and it dazzled me, right? This is where we truly come to know who Jesus is, is he's this friend that loves us so much that he desires to heal us. And that's what I want to share about here is, you know, I didn't know what to do with this. You know, I was, I felt horrible. I, I, like the grace of God helped me get through that mission. <laughs> that I didn't even mention it to the people up there really. I, but, you know, I knew something had to be done. And, and you know, I, I'm so blessed to have a relationship with Dr. Bob Schutz in my life. And so I called him, you know, and I said, Dr. Bob, I, I, I'm, I really need some help. And I said, I know you're busy and you probably have a million things. And if you can't, you know, I get it. And he was so gracious to say, John, what do you need? Mm-hmm. And I told him, I said, I got a massive father wound I didn't know I had. You know, at least I knew I had a small one, but I didn't know it was as big. 
And so he, right then and there, we, we spent 30 minutes going through things. And I took him through this scene with my father as I got in that truck and how I was, you know, crushed. And he asked me things like, what are you feeling? And I was like, despair, mm-hmm. you know, discouragement. Like I was destroyed, you know, I was naming these things. He said, yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that. This, these feelings. And, you know, we started going through that and physically how it made me feel. And it was uncomfortable to go to these places, but it, I could feel like a little bit of stuff unlocking every time he said something to me. And, you know, this is what he does in his ministry. I mean, if you haven't checked it out, the JP2 Healing Center and Be Healed and all these books he has, go check that out at jp2healingcenter.org. But, you know, this friend of mine, I called him and, and he starts to ask me, where was Jesus in this? Well, I started to look, Victor, and I was like, I don't know. I, I don't see him anywhere. And he's like, just concentrate. Invite him into it. Well, here I was, this little boy again, looking at my father, and all of a sudden, I see in my mind Jesus come into the truck, and we were on a bench seat. It was an old 78 Ford truck, Mm -hmm. and he sits down in between us, and he says, what is he doing? And I said, he's got his back turned to my father, and he's looking right at me. And he said, what does he he look like? And I said, or what is he doing? And I said, he's looking at me, and he won't take his eyes off me, and I'm trying to look Mm -hmm. past him to my dad, and he's saying, don't look at him, look at me. Don't look at him, look at me. Mm-hmm. And he asked me, he said, what does it feel like? And I said, it's it's just love, man. Like, that's all I feel is like, I'm, it's, it's love. And mm-hmm. and through this gaze and through this, like he's saying to me, like, you're, you're good enough for me. Right. And that's what matters. Like, right, all this other stuff doesn't matter. Like, you're worthy because I say you are. And and, and and I love you. Right. You and like prove, this prove is what nothing. you need. Right. Yeah, you have right. to you don't have to do anything. Right. You don't have to make one shot, right? You don't have to do any of this stuff. Mm. You just have to know that I love you. And it was so freeing in that moment, Victor. Like that's what God wants to do for us. He wants to come into those places and and where we've been hurt by people in our lives that aren't able to give us the things that we want to have them give us, or they have their own wounds and they're imperfect. Jesus says, I'm stepping in here and I'm going to be that. I'm going to be what you need. I will always be what you need. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just wanted to share this today, and, and it, I probably couldn't even share all that I wanted to, but these wounds, if we're not, if we don't take care of them, if we don't allow Jesus to come into them, then they fester. And, they, and even though we may seem like we've got it all together, right? I'm this podcast host, and I've got this mission and ministry, guys, we're broken just like you are. And we have to constantly look at these things in our lives and in our souls and in our hearts that we haven't given to Jesus yet and allow him to come in there. I can't tell you the freedom I've experienced over the last couple of weeks of just when these same feelings arise, now I can combat them with go, no, I know where that comes from. And I'm not going to fall for that, Satan, because that's who's doing it. He's in that wound, stirring that up, getting you to be angry, to sever those relationships with your sister or with the other people in your life maybe that that are that your behavior is pushing out onto from these wounds. And I've been able to stop myself, and I see growth already just in a couple of weeks and so this Lent, like I invite everybody to really let Jesus into those places of your heart. It's great to give up candy. It's great to give up those other things, but there's so much more that Jesus wants to do in our hearts, right? And, and, and here's the thing. If we don't face our wounds, we're going to destroy relationships in our life. We're going to not be able to control these behaviors as the Israelites did. We're going to pass these on to the next generation, right? Like I don't want my son to ever have to feel the way I had to feel about my father, right? In this, in this, this, never being good enough. Like it's a terrible thing to carry. And I don't want him or my daughters to carry that. You know, God is, is is shining a light on this wound for me because it's the thing that he wants. He wants to take that pain away from me. Right. And that's what Dr. Bob helped me do. He helped me pray prayers of forgiveness, right. For my father, like forgiving him for what he couldn't give me, but also like 
prayers to, to, to break the binding of all of this, right? The authority that these things have over me, the authority of these wounds. You know, he, he had me cast out these unholy vows. Like I'll never be like my father. I'll never be worthy. I'll never be enough. He had me to cast all those things out in the name of Jesus and renounce all the lies that had come from those, right? That had come from that, that, mm-hmm. that wound. Um, and then he allowed me, like I said, to forgive my father, you know, just to say, look, I, I really, truly forgive him. And I don't know that I ever had, man. Like I said, I forgave him, but I don't think I ever had. And in this moment, in the last couple of weeks and working with Dr. Bob, I've been able to. And so again, like this isn't one of the episodes where we had all these scriptures and quotes and man, this is just from the heart. And this is just me as somebody that, that is, is, is having some breakthroughs in my own life that I, I really didn't even know I needed to have. Mm-hmm. Like want to share with you and with Deacon Jeff and with all these people listening because I think there's something to be found in this. I, I never think that the Lord allows us to go through things just to go through them, right? The same way that I've shared my conversion story all these years is not because I wanted to just share this. I mean, it's painful. It's because I know that the Lord can do great things through it. And so in humility today, I share with you guys that I'm still broken, <laughs> right? And there's a lot that I need healing in. And But more importantly, that I hope this story and this this wound that I've only able to get into so much gives you the courage to look into these spots that maybe hurt a lot and maybe you you've guarded and you don't want anybody to touch not even god you don't trust them with anybody because they're very painful but i'm telling you like where we have imperfect fathers and we have imperfect people in our life we have a perfect father in god right an mm. almighty father that wants nothing but for our joy and for our happiness and to return these pieces of our hearts that have been taken by other things or other people or circumstances or our, our bad choices and he wants to replace those in our lives if we'll only let him. And so my brothers, I invite you for the rest of this Lent to take the time to really sit down and look at your life and look at the things that hurt, like those pieces of your life that as soon as you start to even think about them, there's like a, 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 a shock to your system, right? There's that pain of like, whoa, I don't want to go there. Or, whoa, I don't want to think about that. Or, man, I've gotten past that. Because we're doing a disservice to ourselves when we do that. We're only allowing that wound to fester, right? When we, we try to cover it up, and we don't allow the Lord to heal it, right? To put that healing balm on it, it festers and it infects the rest of our body, the rest of our soul, the rest of our mind, the rest of our heart, and it hurts the people around us and ourselves. So my brothers, again, an invitation this Lent for you to dive into those places that may be hard for you because that's exactly where the Lord wants to change your life. That's exactly where he knows you need healing, and that's exactly where he knows that if you let him, that you can transform into the person that he wants you to be through those wounds. So let's take it to prayer in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, so many of the issues we face in life come from wounds we don't even realize we have until they're pressed upon. These wounds, when left unchecked, can lead our hearts to become hardened, and they open the door to behaviors that aren't good for us. Even though it might be painful, help us to remove the walls of protection we have around them. And Lord, whenever we feel you drawing near to those places in our hearts, give us the courage to allow you to heal that which we cannot. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.